mitochondrial function and your thyroid. I guarantee you, you don't even know how important it is. Some of you might be totally in the dark of what we're even talking about, but that's why I have my guest today, Dr. Sam Shea, who is going to clarify this for you. We had such a great conversation when I first met Sam and we were talking all about his work and his studies. I'm gonna tell you about him in one second, but he's just brilliant and he's gonna blow your mind on. And I guarantee you, even if you are a thyroid advocate, you've been following me forever, you've been studying the thyroid, being your own patient advocate forever, you're gonna learn new things today. I promise you that. Are you finally at your wits end where you are tired of dealing with doctor after doctor? Maybe you've spent thousands on integrative or functional practitioners that have not helped you at all because they don't know the thyroid and hormones. They're not even testing properly. So come work with myself and my team. We prescribe to all 50 states and parts of Canada. I have you covered. I've been building this team for years so that I could help you no matter where you are. All you have to do is click the link in the show notes, book a free application call. We're going to go over your current health situation, what worked, what hasn't worked, all the things. And then we will pair you up with the right program for you where we will do it all. You will come out the other side of the program, totally optimized, getting your life back. You're going to recognize the person you see in the mirror again. Doesn't that sound absolutely amazing? Well, it might sound like you don't even believe it, but I promise you, I promise you, we will take good care of you. So click the link in the show notes, book a call today, and we'll be talking to you soon. So a little bit about Sam. Dr. Sam Shea, DC, IFMCP. That's the Institute for Functional Medicine. Love it. We love functional medicine on here because functional medicine doctors get to the root cause of a person's issue and we don't band-aid you with a bunch of medications. He's also known as the lab guy. He helps busy health-conscious moms and entrepreneurs attain and sustain high performance so that they can create more freedom for themselves and others. He has dedicated his life to helping others through functional medicine and functional genetics. We're going to talk about that a little bit today too. Dr. Shea walked his own health journey, as many of us do, from being chronically unwell from age 6 to 18, including severe fatigue, anxiety, digestive problems, chronic pain, severe insomnia, and poor nutrition. He dedicated his life to natural medicine to get himself and others well, which led him to functional medicine and functional testing, very much like my story that I tell you guys all the time. Sometimes it's pain to purpose. Your, the pain that you go through leads you down the right path so we can help others. Dr. Shea is the creator of ten, the 10-pillar method to properly assess the most important and most commonly missed components of health and wellness. Too many well-meaning people chase the latest hack or trick or supplement or gadget, yet never fully grasps the 30,000-foot view using the lens of the 10 pillars of health. Then to learn more about Dr. Shea, we're going to put all the links in the show notes. But welcome, Dr. Sam. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Dr. Horneman. I, I love nerding out with other fellow health nerds uh, and we doing stuff live is is fun because it's there's a bit more energy in it. And, uh, you know, I, I did a radio show for four months when I lived in Wellington, New Zealand, and I loved it. Absolutely loved it. With like all the dials and stuff, uh, you know, commercial breaks, the whole thing. It was yep. it was a lot of fun. I love it too. I love talking to people. I love teaching. I love giving the information and people love it too. 
So they just, I, I find that, that a thyroid patient or an unwell patient mm-hmm. seeking optimal health, they just absorb. They're like a sponge. They're like, give me more. You know, they're listening to podcasts and YouTube and they're watching your videos on YouTube, which are amazing. And, and they're just absorbing this information. So you, you told us a little bit in the bio of how you came onto this path. But what were the key components that you had to do to really kind of shift your body into a wellness state? The, you know, the, the pain of purpose is very apt. Uh, I've got my own constellation of chronic health issues I had as a child growing up that uh, Western medicine at the time was not able to properly address. Both my parents are medical doctors. My grandfather was also one. And I was told it was all in my head by more than one member of my family and other clinicians. And the thing is, is I didn't have the overt, you know, kind of air quotes, kind of grotesque expression of whatever, like something bleeding, something popping out of the skin, something like I didn't, I just looked, I just looked kind of pale and was really tired all the time. It's kind of these and, and grumpy and poor digestion and, those all kind of sound minor because from the exterior, they were minor, but inside I was dealing with severe anxiety. I was dealing with depression, really bad digestive discomfort, chronic body pain, crippling, mind numbing insomnia and fatigue. I remember lying to my teachers saying I felt sick. So in, in grade school, I could go take a nap in the nurse's office in the afternoon. Those are all invisible ailments. You can't see pain. You can't see fatigue. You can't you can't see indigestion. You can maybe smell it occasionally, but you can't see it. And, yep. and you can't see the anxiety. You can't see the depression from the outside. So uh, what I was going through was not taken seriously. And I basically had to get into my late teens and decide to take control of my health. And the, the original book that I read is actually Dr. Jensen's Guide to Better Bowel Care. And that, that, for those of you who don't know, Dr. Jensen is considered one of the grandfathers of natural medicine or naturopathy, rather, in the West. And from there, in combination with a mentor who did um, something called Brain Gym with me, where she basically taught me that, that the mind and the body are connected and that I can address chronic, repetitive, stressful belief systems and neurological wiring for postural guarding it's a lots of stress responses that i just kind of collected over <laughs> since six years old and she taught me that that i can take control of my health and from there i decided i'm going to dedicate my life to natural medicine because i was going to be on the path to be the third generation medical doctor in my family and instead i took a, a hard pivot to uh, natural medicine. And then I've, that pivot has kind of not become, has kind of lessened as I joined into functional medicine, because I see functional medicine as the estuary, as a combination of the best of both worlds, the best of Western medicine diagnostics with the best of natural medicine, lifestyle interventions, diet, lifestyle, and so on. So functional medicine, we use all the fun toys that can give us readouts and numbers and and all sorts of data. And now we have all the tools in natural medicine in order to do something about the data instead of drug it, cut it, or radiate it. Right. It's yeah. beautifully said. Yes. Yeah. And all of the symptoms, I, I want to circle back to your symptoms. 
Mm-hmm. Everything that you just described, you're like speaking to my audience right now because yeah. those who aren't optimized yet, they're sitting there going, oh my gosh, he just described me and nobody, no, everybody thinks it's all in my head and my doctors told me it's in my head and my family thinks it's in my head because I can't get them to understand right. how I feel. The fatigue is so crushing. No one understands how I feel. You just nailed it. Yeah. And there's, there's also just for the audience, I think that there, there, there's some different types of fatigue are aligned with different organ systems. So adrenal air quotes, adrenal fatigue, and I've trained with Dr. Wilson. And so, so air quotes, adrenal fatigue, well, the reason I say air quotes is because there's yeah. a better classification of hypercortisolism, hypocortisolism, hypothalamic pituitary adrenal axis dysfunction, you know, all the, you can win a Scrabble meet with, with all this jargon. So, so with adrenal related fatigue syndromes, it's sinusoidal energy goes up, goes down, goes up, goes down, goes up, goes down with thyroid. It's like chronically low and then a major crash at night to go to, to go to bed for liver fatigue. When you, this is where you see the people who have multiple chemical sensitivities, they're okay. They're okay. Then they're exposed to something and they crash and they crash hard. And then it's this really slow, gradual days, weeks, sometimes month to get somewhere near baseline. So it's not sinusoidal. It's not consistent. It's an exposure crash and then a slow climb. There's other types of fatigues as well. But I just want to make some distinction because we're talking about hormone system. Mm-hmm. When people are describing fatigue, which was the primary thing that I dealt with growing up outside the anxiety, depression, and digestion, Fatigue is a, it's, it's like food, like what type of food, what type of fatigue? The reason why I work with people who have, particularly moms and entrepreneurs, I obviously I help other people outside those two particular groups of people. But the reason why I help those two is because I was raised by a very unhealthy, stressed out mompreneur. And we have a great relationship now, took 25 years of a lot of work to debug all that stress. But uh, mom and I have a fantastic relationship right now. I mean, really. And she admits that she didn't make the best decisions on my behalf growing up because she was in so much pain. She's popping painkillers all the time. Uh, She was so exhausted from having to manage four kids as a single mom. My father did pay child support, but he was effectively absentee. Mm -hmm. Uh, And she was just overwhelmed and she wanted to restart her, her life and all this. And she just, she was in so much pain and she was so exhausted and she was rushing around and she was an entrepreneur. And, and so the way that I, instead of being bitter, I want to pay it forward by helping other moms balance. So the whole family gets better. And I help entrepreneurs because mom was an entrepreneur. Yep. And I feel like I understand. I'm an entrepreneur also as a, as a clinician. We're, we're an entrepreneur. And I also know that I love working with entrepreneurs because they're already in the mindset of investing in themselves for the future yep. in order to help change the world in some meaningful, beneficial way. And if I can help mom, I can help the family. If I can help entrepreneurs, I can help society. If I can help mompreneurs, I help both. Yeah, there you so go. That's that's my that's my way of scaling the the benefits of doing functional medicine with other people because I want to I ideally want to focus on the people who help others at scale, even if it's just in the family, and that's plenty. I'd be if, if someone if someone was able to help my mom 
the way I'm able to help other moms back 30 years ago, my life, my whole family is going to be completely different. Totally different. Yep. Yeah. And I'm with you. I love working with entrepreneurs just because they do what you tell them to do. Like they know the investment that they're making and their health is vital. So they don't poo poo it. They do what you tell them to do and, and they get results like that. They get results. So I'm Absolutely. with you there. Yeah. I love it. I love it. So Sam, did you actually, cause I know you work with a lot of thyroid patients. Did you actually have a thyroid problem? Is that one of the things that they found on you or so no? Me personally. So, so me personally, no, mm -hmm. I did not have something that was a primary thyroid issue. What I had were the adjacent, I had, so I know it may sound odd that I'm going to be talking about thyroid, but I didn't personally have it. Well, in functional medicine, you get exposed to like all the things. Yeah. And so all you connected. Can, it's, but what I did have was everything, almost everything else related that could cause the thyroid to go off. So one of the unique contributions I've made to the thyroid field is that I've looked at the six dyads, mm -hmm. five, six dyads that are associated with the thyroid. Because a lot of people, so here's a typical scenario, middle-aged mom, feeling tired, overwhelmed, putting on weight, not being able to, to reduce it. And then they go to their doctor and they, they say, and they're like, oh, it's probably thyroid because you're a middle-aged female who put on some weight and can't get rid of it. And, and that's just kind of a thing that's fashionable at the moment. And then they run your thyroids and maybe they'll test, TS, they'll test TSH and maybe free T3 and free T4. Yeah. And, and, and when I was in New Zealand, if you were begging and screaming on the, on the floor in a fetal position, they might take pity in you and do an antibody. Maybe. Right. Um, right. Or just so one antibody. Just, just one, you yeah, know, I, yeah, yeah, I'll just, I'll get, I'll get trigger warning when I talk about thyroid care I know. and some of the I know. things I saw in other countries. Anyway. <laughs> I know. So, and so what they'll find is like, oh, your thyroids are normal enough, must be in your head probably should go exercise and quit complaining about being tired all the time. I mean, and you walk out of there like feeling, did I just get gaslit by yep. my own doctor? Medically gaslit? Like, Medical, is that just what yep. happened now? Yep. Um, and, and so what I want to share are the six, five, six other reasons why your thyroid may be normal or low normal, but you feel like you have full on thyroid issues. And this is according to labs. So, so what happens is that the thyroid can be a primary cause of fatigue or it could be secondary. And I want to talk about the secondary issues that it's downstream. It's an effect, not a cause. And again, asterisk, asterisk, disclaimer, obviously can be primary, you know, Hashimoto's like obviously can't, but I'm talking about just the scenarios where it's secondary and the labs that people can look at in order to understand what, what, what are the other reasons why you're so tired? It appears to be thyroid, but may not be. So the first one is adrenal. That, that, that's, that's kind of one of my more direct connections to thyroid. So the adrenals, if they're overproducing, cortisol can directly shut down thyroid function. It can, it can, it can just shut down. Like there, there's all sorts of graphs and fun infographics. So you can find out where it is. You, you know, the, the different hormones intersect and the different cascades. But but in simple terms, mm -hmm. if you're driving on adrenals, you're driving on stress like an entrepreneur and yep. you're up later and you're you're dealing with all these other things that people aren't dealing with, et cetera, et cetera. Then your thyroid shuts down. Why does it shut down? I look to evolution as 
uh, to understand why things are the way they are. That that when the thyroid isn't shutting down because it's stupid, it's shutting down because as a hunter gatherer, mm-hmm. we experienced acute stress under specific circumstances, like something with large teeth was chasing us down, yeah. and we didn't want to become its lunch. So. The adrenals is there to keep us alive in short-term survival. And if what's a higher priority, prioritizing all the body's physiology to run as fast as you possibly can in order, in order to avoid being lunch, or to make sure your thyroid is operating optimally because the thyroid's in charge of repair, regeneration, long-term health, healing, growth, and dig- and helping your normal digestion of your lunch with so what's more important not being digested as lunch or digesting your lunch yeah, first pretty one. binary so <laughs> first one. yeah so so that's why it makes sense that the adrenals will shut down thyroid so if someone has chronic stress and there's there's multiple stages of a quote-unquote adrenal fatigue i've seen right. three stages i've seen seven stages i've seen whatever it depends on what lab tests you use what who, who you listen to point being People may appear to have thyroid issues, but it may be adrenal in nature. So I encourage people to look at a six-spot salivary test or a five-spot salivary test. So mm-hmm. what you're wanting is to catch the, with the cortisol awakening response or a car, mm-hmm. as in the driving. Yeah. Uh, so you want to when you wake up and then you do a saliva sample, and then 30 minutes later you do another one, and your your cortisol should go up by 50 to 100 percent. When light hits your eyes, you have a cortisol spike, and then it should go down 30 minutes after that. So you do one test when you wake, one 30 minutes, one 30 minutes after that. Mm-hmm. And that is a micro stress test to see how well you handle resilience. It is a brilliant little elegant test to see can you hang with the stress of the world? And if and people who can't handle stress, their cortisol awakens is either blunted or it goes down. And these are people who are just, they can't handle life and they're easily overwhelmed and they are easily addicted to things like whether it's sugar or my, my case was sugar and video games. I had two addictions growing up, both of which I've overcome. Yeah. Uh, and I have a whole separate discussion we can have on addiction. Lucky us. Uh, <laughs> uh, so if you, the adrenal test has now gotten more specific that you can figure out, are you resilient to stress? And if not, there's things you can do to help you increase your resilience to stress if you're really low. The reverse is that if people anticipate stress too high, their their waking cortisol and their car response can shoot up. The highest I ever saw was 800%. 800, I know. I know. I, I, the lab was like- Fortune 500 entrepreneur or what? No, it was actually, it was a teenage girl. Oh. who was in so much she was it was it's very tragic but the good news is she's she's really she's massively better not from a, it was a very team sport a lot she had juvenile rheumatoid arthritis it was a, she had a lot of autoimmune like it was mm-hmm. a lot of clinicians i was basically the quarterback yeah and had to like bring in the other people who can run fancier toys and know specific niche things than i do in specific areas but this 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 poor this this poor girl was in so much pain she could barely go to school and when she'd wake up completely stressed out about how much pain she was going to anticipate to have or if she was going to function 800 percent. 
So anticipatory stress, anticipatory, all that. So there's things you can do to deal with that. Now, which one you are, obviously you can kind of tell based on how you're feeling in the morning, but the testing really helps is it overshooting or undershooting. Then the rest mm-hmm. of the tests are taken over the rest of the day to see how right. good is your cortisol curve. That curve. Now mm-hmm. that's the adrenal thyroid connection. I have a question though, because I want to clarify for the listeners. So when we're talking about adrenals, you could be, it could be affecting, cortisol can be affecting your thyroid if it's low or if it's too high. Like the the example you gave of the teenage girl, she was pumping out too much. Now, did you do, what did her, her curve look like? Was she riding high cortisol all day? She was, so she was high all day, but the curve was, from what I recall was normal, but that first thing spiked so insanely high like mm-hmm. th- this is like if you saw that in a middle-aged man you're like this guy's gonna have a heart attack very soon like that yeah. much anti- not because of necessarily the cortisol so high though that, that much cortisol will cause damage if it's done for years and years and years and every time it's mm-hmm. spiking like that but just the amount of stress you must Adrenaline. be under yeah. to have an 800 percent thing like that that's what's going to kill someone over yeah just all the, pumping out adrenaline because cortisol and adrenaline go hand in hand. So you're just like ah, adrenalized all the time. Yeah. You're, of course you're going to drop over dead. Yeah. And by the yeah. way, that adrenaline piece, uh, that's what wakes people up at like 3am in the morning. So, so what happens is that when people are asleep, your cortisol, whether it's cortisol, you're not eating. So your body uses up the glycogen stores that it has. And then the, the brain tells the adrenals to secrete cortisol and in order to tell the liver to release more fuel to keep the brain alive. And if the, if the liver is infected, inflamed, damaged, stressed, or toxic, or otherwise overwhelmed, it can't release the fuel. The brain doesn't talk to the liver directly. It talks to the adrenal. Like the brain's the mob boss, the adrenal's the enforcer, the liver is the honest businessman who's being told to pay up. So the, these, I love that. I, love that. I do stand up, I do stand up comedy as a hobby and I'm working That's on right. a whole bit. I do, I'm working on a whole bit on uh, gluten, how the, the, the Pope, this is true. The Pope banned gluten-free wafers for communion in July 2017. This is true. This is 100% okay. true. Okay. So I have writing, I've written a whole bit on how, how did the Pope come to this conclusion? Was it scripture? Was it divine inspiration? No, I think he was in the pocket of big gluten. Ah, yes. Because think about it. In Italy, there are three absolutes, the Vatican, the mafia, and pasta. <laughs> I think he was called to a meeting of the five families of the gluten cartel. Yep, the Illuminati is in the deal. Yeah. It's all yeah. <laughs> well, it's, just, it's basically just the guy at the end of the table looking like a combination of Marlon Brando and the Pillsbury Doughboy. You know, so yeah. just, just, just it's a mob. It's all mobs. I just pulled. It. I had a lot of fun writing it. Anyway, I'll, I'll send you a clip when I finally do the 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 big. Listen, the you got to combine science and fun. Absolutely. Otherwise, it's just boring and you lose right. people. So, yeah. So, so what happens is that when the brain freaks out and it's like, hey, I need my sugar, and then it yells at the adrenal louder and louder to try to force the liver to pay up, at some point, there's a tipping point where it's not just cortisol released, but adrenaline's released. And that's what wakes you up. And that's what happened to me for 12 years, waking up at 3 a.m. on the dot for 12 years from age six to 18. Oh, my God. That's so rough. And then get up and try to go to school and use your brain and, yeah. Yeah, and deal with the emotional, physical abuse at school and all this other crap. You know, it's just it was it was a very non-fun period of my life. But what it did give me was a lot of compassion for those that are also silently suffering mm-hmm. and the ability to hold someone in their pain yeah. and the ability to understand how multifaceted a complex health issue like fatigue 
yeah. is. Fatigue is actually quite complex. Uh, expand on just just to be that person that tells them it's not in your head. This is what like we see it on paper. It's in black and white. I have that yeah. with my patients too. Sometimes it's in front of me. I'm like, this is in black and white. Like, I'm so sorry that you suffer for 10 years. It's clear to me, obviously to Western medicine and the 10 docs you saw beforehand, it wasn't clear, but it is freaking black and white right in front of me right now. So it's not in your head yeah. at all. Yeah, the labs. So I, I've had multiple people in my practice just cry just mm -hmm. from seeing labs, not, yep. not out of relief that there was something there, that there's a there there. Exactly. Uh, I, mean, I did. When I ran my own genetics, I cried for a solid hour. Like I just bawled because I was mm -hmm. like, fine. I, I was one. I felt like, oh, my God, I've got to date when I run my genetics labs, I still have the worst genetics in terms of health compared to anyone I've ever run them on today. Lucky me. I win. I win. So, we but, know. but the good news is after I got over myself, I felt like, what did I, I've been cursed with, but then I was like, oh, wait, I have a battle plan now. I now know what to do. Mm -hmm. And then within a couple months of doing the proper things, all my joint pain went away that had been plaguing me for years because I had this super exuberant pro-inflammatory response from the whole cascade of pro-inflammatory pro genes. They're all just lined up one after the other, after the other, all just accentuating each other. And I just didn't know that that was a thing until I saw my genetics. So too with functional labs, mm -hmm. uh, you know, there's a there there. So, uh, so that the adrenals and thyroid is one. Mm -hmm. So the next one is adrenals and gut. Now, this is one a lot of people have heard, you know, there's the adrenal gut connection, particularly if you're worried about like autoimmune diseases. So there's you know, people have what called leaky, you know, what's called leaky gut, but what yep. the literature calls intestinal permeability because they got all territorial because we were right about the leaky yeah. gut. And so they renamed it. Uh, just like you can't, just like uh, the term adrenal fatigue has been doxxed, sorry, has been blacklisted in, in literature. You can put into PubMed adrenal fatigue and find maybe 10 articles, all of them written in Europe, but you put in hypothalamic HPA axis dysfunction, there's like thousands. They just rename a thing because they don't want to legitimize uh, some of the stuff we're talking about. Mm -hmm. So with gut, you've got autoimmune, uh, auto, the, the, the connection to autoimmune and thyroid. So what that means is that the body has, a, has the gut. The gut is a very complicated tube it's with a complicated filter on the inside. The filter on the inside of this long tube is to extract out water, nutrients, minerals, and calories, proteins, and fats, and so on, in and keep uh, feces, toxins, bad bacteria, and their metabolites and their excretia from coming in. It's a complex filter. And if there's holes in the filter or breaks in the filter, then all the bad stuff can actually leak in. And when it leaks in right into the bloodstream, the immune system says, oh, you're not supposed to be there. So they release what are called shape-seeking missiles, not heat-seeking, shape-seeking missiles called antibodies. Everyone knows what an antibody is nowadays because we're mm -hmm. still finishing up what the this modern version of the plague. Yeah. So, so don't say it. Don't say it. I'm not going to say it. <laughs> um, so the uh, so what happens is that the antibodies know what to attack based on the shape of the molecule that they're trained on. The problem is, is that if something that leaks through, like say gluten, and gluten has a particular amino acid configuration that 
creates a specific shape recognition pattern like a lock and key. And the antibodies attack that. The problem is that there's normal tissue that has a very similar identical signature. And then that shape-seeking missile attacks that human tissue like collateral damage. It's like if the Bloods and Crips were in a turf war and you happen to walk in with a blue shirt on into a blood territory, you're just shot as a matter of course, yeah. even though you're you're bystander. And so so right. auto, autoimmune is a bystander effect. And that's that's exactly what happens. So the four... The four things that I've seen in the literature that can cross-link after leaking through the gut into the bloodstream that can attack the thyroid are blastocystis hominis, Yersinia enterolytica, Epstein-Barr, and gluten. Mm -hmm. So uh, those are the four things that, that I'm aware of that has some literature to back it up. And the, what we do is uh, we look at heal, uh, one, running the gut test to see do you have antibodies to gluten? Do you have Epstein-Barr? Do you have Yersinia? Do you have Lastocystis? Yep. And then you remove exposure of those, remove exposure of the gluten, and then you can do protocols to try to remove the infections. But then you also heal, seal, and soothe the gut so the thing isn't leaky in the first place. Right. And then right. you can watch, and then fortunately with numbers, you can watch thyroid antibodies go down and you do pre and post. You can just, you, you can say, is it working or not? There's subject, subjective experience or people's Symptoms going down, and also are the numbers going down? So yeah. that's that's the gut thyroid. That's the second dyad. So with that, I, I just want to comment too, real quick, with gluten. So we we know we know about gluten. Most of us do. Even even listeners, they're a little bit more astute in all things thyroid, and they know if they have Hashimoto's, they have to avoid gluten because that's literally going to kick up the antibodies to go attack their thyroid. Right, but. I can't tell you, and Sam, you can tell me if you have this in your practice, but I can't tell you how many people say, but it's really hard going gluten-free. I'm like, are you kidding me? Hard. Hello, this is 2021, it? not 2001. 2001, if I told you to go gluten-free, I would be sentencing you to mushy punishment. Mm -hmm. That's what I would be sentencing to you. You know, gluten-free has, it's arrived. It, it, is, it is a fully legit industry right now and there have never before ever been more and restaurants have like an entire hieroglyphic system now to see like is it gluten-free is it vegan is it local is it paleo was yep. it picked by left-handed monks on the last harvest moon you know whatever your thing is like it is to, to be told that it's so hard to go gluten-free i'm going to be charitable and say that you've been, ex whatever your first experience of gluten-free was, was terrible. And you just mm -hmm. have an emotional response to that, which is understandable because taste and smell are very strongly connected to the limbic system. The other is that no one's actually just walked you through how easy it is to substitute. Yeah. And uh, there's, there's it's, it, this is not 2001. Right. Oh my God. This is so yeah. not 2001. Um, I just had to say no, that. I, I heard that like today. So I I, yeah. So <laughs> there's lots. So as you can imagine, I have a whole giant list of gluten-free jokes. I will spare you, can you throw them. Out right? one. I'm not going to hold you back if you want to throw out. Yeah, one you're now. not going to hold me back. So no. if the, the the Vatican believed it believes, you know, the Pope made this declaration, you know, that the masses could handle the horrors of the Crusades, the Inquisition. But dry, tasteless, flavorless wafers, we're going to lose people. You know, burning witches, shifty priests, 
But sitting every Sunday amongst the faithful yet flatulent? Oh, hell no. Yeah, no. Hell no. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. Okay. And you can throw those so, out whenever you want. <laughs> throw those out there. You'll see. We'll see. We'll see if this, we'll, we'll, we'll see if your YouTube video gets demonetized for bad gluten jokes. I don't know. We'll see. I'll let you know. I'll charge you. Okay. Okay. Yeah. What can I only hope? Um, yeah. Then we really know there is a big gluten out there. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. there, there well, definitely Google, is. Google we... and gluten both start with the G and they both have six letters. Oh. Just saying. Just saying. Mm, the okay. sand. I know. I know. I mean, you'll see me pretty soon. You'll see me with a cork board with pictures and pins and like things of yarn connecting gluten and Google, you know, and I'm holding a cigarette and pointing with big wild yeah. eyes expression. Like I've, I found the connection anyway. Um, so the next, the next two connections with the thyroid and labs are pretty straightforward. Uh, one is estrogen and thyroid. Mm -hmm. So if you have a lot of estrogen, if you have estrogen dominance, it shuts down the thyroid. That's why more yep. women get thyroid problems than men. Mm -hmm. uh, men do get thyroid problems, that is for sure, but it's just not as frequent. Right. Um, and so one of the things we do is I, I do what's called a Dutch test. And a Dutch test is very popular amongst functional medicine docs. Mm -hmm. that there's, this is, they have, I, I learned something called the Dutch, pardon me, called the Dutch Plus, Plus which yep. has the adrenals and the estrogens as seven, seven estrogens, as well as progesterone metabolites, testosterone, testosterone metabolites, DHEA, their metabolites, melatonin, uh, cortisone. Like it's got a, it's got all, it's got a lot of things. If you do like a major thyroid panel plus the Dutch Plus, you've got pretty much all the major thyroid uh, hormone systems covered. Mm -hmm. And you know, estrogen, it's not just simply like going, look, there's me functional medicine and kind of getting in just a normal blood draw of, you know, estradiol is that there's different pathways to the different types of estrogen. So you can really specifically target, is this an aromatase issue? Is this, is this, is this a CYP issue? Is this a methylation issue? Is this, you know, cause there's different ways to handle different estrogen imbalances. Mm -hmm. And that's the benefit of, of having a more complex functional medicine test because we can look at the whole picture. And then in conjunction with it, you get the adrenals along with it. It's great. You get to see, you get to see the whole, the whole thing. Plus you can look at melatonin levels as well. Cause if someone's not sleeping, of course, their thyroid's going to be compromised. Of course it is. So the other one is iron. So iron mm -hmm. is, if you've got low iron, your thyroid won't function. And so some right. people, that's why, oh, you're tired. You must need iron. Okay. That's, a, that's actually not a bad instinct to go test. Like don't just go injecting iron just or take iron supplements because you're tired because too right. much iron can be bad for you. Mm -hmm. um, but iron, iron I, I call, you know, the fourth dyad because it's so significant to the function of the thyroid. And then the fifth dyad is the one most people don't really know about. And this is the one I really specialized in. This is the one that I believe is the most missed and, and I, I feel like is the biggest missing piece. And it's the mitochondria. Mm -hmm. Mitochondria are the power factories of the cell. Now, mm -hmm. they, they generate the electricity to run the cell. Now, it's like, oh, electricity in the cell, that's cool. No, you, let, me, let me really make sure that people understand how significant this is. Yep. If, this, if every city has a power grid, and if the power went out in a city, you have three days to function off batteries and candles before it goes full Mad Max. Okay. Your cells mm -hmm. are the same way. It can operate short term without its electricity system running on batteries, the equivalent of batteries and flashlights. That's what cortisol does. 
that, that's you that's and you burn sugar in the cyto to be a bit nerdy you burn sugar in the cytoplasm generating lactic acid and lots of energy but you burn through all your reserves very quickly and you generate lots of smoke called lactic acid that's why your muscles burn uh when you work out because you're creating all this lactic acid or it can burn very efficiently in the electricity factory called the mitochondria the mitochondria is that electricity factory it's very fragile it's very impressive it's very complex so what does an electricity factory need it needs walls so those are specialized fatty acids it needs security guards. This is the immune system. It needs janitors, antioxidants to clean up spills and sparks and make sure stuff doesn't catch on fire and, you know, and repairing stuff. It needs engineers uh, to uh, uh, enzymes to make sure everything is working. Machinery, you can call the machinery also enzymes as well. It needs computer chips to run the machinery. Those computer chips are minerals. You need input from the surrounding city of like how much electricity you need. These are the hormone systems like cortisol uh, and neurotransmitters letting you know like, hey, how much do electricity do we need? What's going on? It's, it's like the bombing raids in, in World War II in England. They cut the power in order to stop the target because there was an emergency. So they cut the power to deal because you know, there was overhead bombing going on. The electricity factory needs feedback from the city that the supplying electricity as well from the, the nation state that the city is within the, the, the body telling the cells what's going on globally and then the mitochondria within the cells themselves uh the mitochondria also needs fuel this is protein fats and carbs where do we burn fat in the mitochondria, mitochondria. that's mm-hmm. where you burn the fat and was where you burn burn cal, burn uh, proteins and, and carbs and fat for energy. Now, I'm going to connect to the thyroid. Everyone's heard the term basal metabolic rate. Yes. Basal metabolic rate. Nobody yep. has ever defined it except you know, kilojoules per day. What right. does that even mean? What it means is the basal metabolic rate is how much energy your mitochondria are producing. The mitochondria is the business end of the thyroid. What is T4? T4 is the transport molecule of the thy- of T3 to get into the cell. And what happens? T4 is converted into T3 in the mitochondria mm-hmm. to do what? T3 is the engineer that turns on the mitochondria to mm-hmm. burn proteins, fats, and carbs for electricity. The thyroid, T3 is the engineer. The mitochondria is the factory. So if someone has normal thyroid hormones, but they have the signs of thyroid, low thyroid, check the mitochondria because you could have all the best engineers in the world. But if the switch is broken or the factory's just, you know, a disaster area, it's not going to turn on. It's not going to work as well. So it may be a factory issue, not an engineer issue. Both have to be looked at. Mm-hmm. But so many times when people say, oh, my God, my thyroids are normal and I'm still so tired. Maybe it is all in my head. Well, maybe I want to check the mitochondria because it may not be. And by the way, here's no. So this is going to sound super strange. Here's where I can legitimize it's all in your head. What system needs to be fully operational for your frontal lobes to be working? Your mitochondria. Your nerves in your brain run on mitochondrial function. Like they, they have to have really glowing, fully operational mitochondria. It's, mm-hmm. it's the eyes, the brain, the heart, kidneys, 
you know, those things are massive, massive users of mitochondrial output. When people look at a mitochondria panel, they can then assess, is the mitochondria itself actually generating electricity? Can it bring in proteins, fats, and carbs into the mitochondria to be burned? And when it's in there, do they, does it have all the machinery and minerals and inputs to make the machinery work to actually create the electricity? Right. Uh, there's also liver, specialized liver markers, you know, because if you've got, if you've got factories, a toxic sewer mess, you know, toxic dump. All right. So, uh, so you check if, if the mitochondria is toxic, it can't, it gums up the machines. It has checks for neurotransmitter metabolites, how well it's receiving information and in terms of how it can function, operate within the larger context of the human body. It's checking for inflammatory markers because inflammation will affect the mitochondria. And it, the mitochondria test also acts as a broad scale micronutrient test of which many nutrients you need for the thyroid. So like, like the advanced mitochondria test, I use, it's called the ion panel in from Genova. Mm -hmm. It checks vitamin, you need vitamin A, you need vitamin D, you need a whole bunch of B vitamins. Yep. So the mitochondria panel has all the micro, not all, but it has a, it has 150 plus markers on it. And it checks for like the fat soluble vitamins B vitamins, water-soluble vitamins, uh, minerals, it takes uh, amino acid, 20 amino acids, the fatty acids, uh, mitochondrial function, all, all sorts of stuff. So if people are wanting to know, how do I help my mitochondria? You look, you get it tested. How can you check the function of the mitochondria based off of urine and blood? Well, the blood checks for the raw nutrients going in. Like, are there enough nutrients to actually go in there? The urine is actually an emissions test, like in a car. You can know a lot by a car by checking the emissions. So the urine okay. is an emissions test for the function of the mitochondria, the engine inside your cells. That's that's how it makes sense. So I like that. when we when we step back and look at the the thyroid, we look at adrenal thyroid dyad, the adrenal estrogen dyad, the adrenal gut dyad, adrenal iron dyad, adrenal mitochondrial dyad. They're you know, obviously you can also lump in blood sugar and insulin and there's other, there's other diets you can throw in there, but those are like the big five that I found working with uh, thyroid clients that we can get, you know, just the fewest number of tests to capture. It's like the 80, 20%, 80, 20 principle. What's the 20% of mm -hmm. testing that's going to give us 80%, 80 plus percent of everything we need to know. And that is a functional test. So a person can't go to their PCP or God forbid endo and say, Hey, can I have a mitochondrial test? You're probably going to get a blank stare. Unless right? they're trained with I mean, IFM or Dr. Kalish or, or any, right. or, or other people like, like there's, there's, there's more and more medical doctors that are joining our ranks, you know, but mm -hmm. it's still, yep. we're still an emerging, um, it's still an emerging field. And this is not a test that is covered by insurance because a lot of times people want to just get all the tests that are covered by insurance. And like you mentioned liver earlier, we can look at that on a CMP. Not this, not these liver tests. This not is checking to that level. Yeah, yeah, not that level. Yeah, this is checking. These are checking other markers like for glutathione state, like the actual your ability. How's your glutathione pathways working? How's your urea site? How are you able to detox urea properly? Are you being exposed to toxic chemicals? So the, the person who invented the test, Dr. Richard Lord, you know, he has a test for xylene, uh, for xylene exposure. And it's not that like he thinks everyone's exposed to xylene and that's everyone's got to get rid of xylene. He says, no, because when you find xylene, you find all the other toxins also, almost always. 
Yeah. So xylene's a canary in the coal mine. So if you're being exposed to xylene and it shows up on your test, you've been exposed to all the other stuff in some meaningful way as well, most likely. So Anthony J talks about that in Estrogen Generation. So he talks about that too. And and that yeah. can be tied back to what you said earlier about how more women, you know, the estrogen dominance, we know that there's xenoestrogens with xylene present. You're going to have a crap ton of, of xenoestrogens in your body pushing up estrogen. That's why we see guys with hypothyroidism and low test high estrogen. Yeah. So what actually when I lectured, what I, I lectured at a genetics conference actually on man boobs. Yeah. Not, not, not because I have some weird fixation on man boobs is that I've, I'm just observant as a clinician, and I saw that these two gentlemen were overweight. They, the more they, they were in a lot of physical pain in their joints, and the more they exercised, the fatter they got. And you want to talk about demoralizing? Let's talk about getting yeah. fatter the more you exercise. And they also had yeah. man boobs. So I, I was looking at them. I was like, huh, they're in pain. The more they exercise, the fatter they get. They have man boobs. Mm -hmm. I wonder if their genetics, if they're genetically predisposed to be hyper-inflammatory. And they've got problems with their estrogen detox, meaning that so then they exercise, they somehow overshoot and they become pro-inflammatory, which then gums up the liver. So the liver has to make this choice between detoxing inflammation, which is acute and dangerous, or detoxing estrogen, which is a problem, but not acute and dangerous. Everyone else was telling these guys, we need to eat less and exercise more, which is exactly the wrong thing they needed to do. So exactly. I- check their genetics. And sure enough, it was, I mean, I'll spare you the details of what combinations of genes, but needless to say, it was like, so I put them on anti-inflammatory liver supporting diet, nutrient supplements, and pulled them off of the excessive exercise, put them on movement, removed all the exogenous sources of estrogens that they're being exposed to. So that was the other thing I said, they must be exposed to other sources of estrogen, you know, plastics, soy products, body care products, uh, yeah. alcohol. Al actually, beer has pro-estrogenic for three separate reasons. One, there's estrogen in the beer. Two is that the alcohol upregulates aromatase, converting testosterone into estrogen. And three, it gums up the liver, preventing your ability to detox estrogen. So hence the beer belly yeah. phenomenon. So one yeah. guy lost over 40 pounds. Yeah, one guy lost over 40 pounds in one month. Okay. The other guy lost two pounds a week for 14 weeks straight. So, and he lost it off the chest, off the belly, et cetera. Like, and it yep. was not based off of him exercising more and eating less. It was following the testing, changing lifestyle, changing diet, adding in some supporting yeah. nutrients and it's working with hard. the body instead of against it. Right. And th yeah. those changes aren't that hard. It's not like, I don't know. I have people call me, say, do I have to do the AIP diet? No, maybe, I don't know. If you're an inflare, yeah, maybe. But no, you don't have to kill yourself to get those results no. that you're talking about. You just have to test, not guess. Simple. The, so there's a there's a female equivalent to the man boobs thing. With the men, so exact same genetics kind of patterns. The difference is that the women don't develop more breast tissue. It's their cycles get messed up. So this oh, happened yeah. to a client of mine who she got a new trainer without telling me that was of this hyper enthusiastic CrossFit CrossFit. Yep. And she, this guy over-exercised her something stupid. She called me up in a panic and says, Oh my God, I'm losing all my muscle tone. I'm getting fatter. And my cycles are totally wacky. And I've had perfect cycles my whole life. So mm -hmm. I analyzed her genetics 
same thing, hyperproinflammatory estrogen, the, the genes in the liver for detoxing estrogen were, were compromised as well, changed the things. And then her um, muscle tone came back, the water weight came, came down and her cycles normalized. Now, mm-hmm. so it wasn't a man move issue, it was a cycle issue because the same, you know, estrogen got out of whack because the liver was overwhelmed with inflammation. One other piece to that, how do people know without doing necessarily like a quick, quick and dirty test or ex- express like to check, am I a hyperinflamer? I call yeah. it the cupcake test or the muffin test. Okay. So if you have a little muffin and you eat it, and then that day you put on one, two, three, maybe four pounds. Okay. Yeah. Unless that muffin was last year's re-gifted Christmas fruitcake, it didn't weigh one, two, three, or four pounds, does it? Okay. So nice. what happened is that when you eat the muffin, it is so pro-inflammatory from all the chemicals, the gluten, the, the, the conditioners, the preservatives, whatever, that your body then does what? It retains water in order to do what? Dilute out, dilute down the inflammatory chemicals to do what? Buy the liver and kidneys time to filter all the toxic inflammatory new, uh, chemicals out. That's mm-hmm. why you can swell up rapidly and then lose weight rapidly because your body is retaining water as a defense mechanism to buy your liver and kidneys time to filter out the toxic inflammatory chemicals. So if you have that rapid, rapid muffin response, rapid muffin then response, you have a rapid muffin response, TM, you know, RM, RME, uh, RMR, I guess, RMR. Um, quick, I'll trademark it before some other, uh, Hurry up. some other uh, holistic minded person gets another three lettered acronym technique out there. So I, so I hope that was helpful to kind of tie in kind of these other peripheral concerns that a lot of people in this demographic may have, you know, like middle-aged moms, uh, yeah. exhausted entrepreneurs that, that, that they're viewing their body, like what is going on? Like my body's just behaving in ways that are just not, I certainly yeah. don't like, uh, and I get aesthetically and culturally punished for as well. And like, just going back to anthropology, of course, your body should swell up with water to dilute out toxic inflammatory chemicals, no matter what the right. aesthetic cost you pay societally. Exactly. Of course you should, exactly. you know, so it, it's, it's the, one of the biggest things that ever helped me in my health journey was I learned, to, I stopped hating my body. All right. And when I was, I remember with this severe insomnia, I remember waking up at 3 a.m. Like I always did. I woke up in a silent rage at my body. I'd actually like talk to it, like yell at it. Like it was like, I say it like, what do you want from me? What do you want from me? Like what? I, I don't know what to do. I'm just like, I, it's like an abusive relationship. Like it's not telling me what it wants, but it's punishing me. And I feel like figure it out. And then some days it's great. And then, and then like I, I get gaslit and suddenly it goes off and I'm not given any feedback. I have to figure it out for myself. And meanwhile, I'm being punished the whole time. Like it's, it's it was awful. And then when I learned about how the body works and like, Oh, that's why I'm waking up at 3 a.m. because there's a liver or mm-hmm. adrenal issue and all that. It's and of of course I'm supposed to wake up because if my brain isn't fed fuel at night, and when a brain lacks fuel long enough or strong enough, that's called a stroke. That's called a stroke. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So my body's trying to keep me alive. Uh, and I, I didn't know that as a teenager growing up in a hyper allopathic household. So when I finally realized my body was on my ah, side, it, it's a partnership and like you have, you have to learn how to be in relationship with this partnership and without, without anger well, and resentment I, and bitterness. 
I think there's like three other podcasts in here because we got the genetics that we could focus on for sure. Yeah. We could focus on gluten in its own podcast. And then it's interesting that you brought up the, the being angry at your body because another guest talked about that too. And we're more about mindset. And I think your mindset is a key component as well, because if you hate your body, if you believe that you're never going to get better, yep. if you think it's too hard, if cutting out gluten is too hard, then probably is going to be too hard for you. And your body actually won't respond to that whole, like, you know, uh, Joe Dispenza, the secret. I mean, listen, you put it out there in the universe, it's slingshot and back. So if you constantly put yourself, I hate you, but what are you doing? Why aren't you functioning right? It's going to be like, well, that's my state because you always speak it. So I think I will ground all a whole nother realm. But. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll, what I'll do is I'll connect it back into thyroid and everything else. So just the way that I interpret, you know, air quotes, the secret is that the the going back to anthropology and my background in neurology is I was a functional neurologist before I focused on exclusively in functional medicine is that when we constantly reaffirm belief systems and or affirm them outwardly with words or internally with, with visualizations what we're doing is that we're grooving or reinforcing the nervous system for particular pattern recognitions so so like when my mom was pregnant, she said suddenly she noticed all the maternity ads or like when you're looking for a yeah. car, like suddenly yeah. you notice all the car ads. So, so when you True. say like it goes out into the universe, I, I don't, I, I, the way that I interpret that from a anthrop evolutionary standpoint is that the things out in the universe were there. I just now have a different set of eyes in which to perceive them. And, and mm -hmm. that, that's how yeah. I can embrace uh, that, that particular way of philosophy and with um, the stress around the body, there's more to functional health and medicine than just lab tests. It's, it's a critical part to it. The other is analysis. I have what's called the 10 pillars of health. And this that's a whole separate podcast. I've got a free yep. ebook that people can download. Uh, I got a free book on genetics also that people can download as well. Um, but the 10 pillars, stress is the eighth pillar, bothers. Mm -hmm. So the first pillar is brain and hormones. We just talked about a whole bunch of them in the beginning. Mm -hmm. Second is bowel and digestion. We talked about that a bit as well. Third is body, genetics, pain. Yep. Uh, bad dental work is also in there as well. There's the uh, physical yeah. structure. Yeah. Fourth is burst exercise or movement. People can under-exercise, over-exercise. We talked about over-exercising a little bit. Uh, if people are genetically vulnerable to that. Fifth is biotoxins. We talked about liver. We talked about uh, some heavy metals kind of glancingly. Six pillars, bionutrients, nutrition, proper supplements, ideally based on testing. So you know what you actually need instead of guessing. Uh, mm -hmm. Seven is breakfast and routines. Uh, I'm a big fan of having breakfast and good routines morning and evening. Eighth is bothers and stressors of all types, whether it's your personal perception or dealing with anything in your life that's stressful. Ninth pillar is bugs and hidden infections. We talked about a couple of those already, whether it's the Yersinia, the blastocystis, the Epstein-Barr. Mold is in that category as well. Um, and then the 10th pillar is bedtime or sleep. And we talked about sleep. So brain, bowel, body, burst, biotoxins, bionutrients, breakfast, bothers, bugs, and bedtime. Uh, I, like I like alliterations. They're fun. And so in, in my, so those are the 10 pillars to which to analyze someone's lifestyle. So with a proper functional medicine practitioner, you will get both a complete lifestyle analysis and the complete lab analysis as well. And then a customized lifestyle plan and support to help you implement that plan for a period of time to help you help your body change and shift and yep. re, re, you know help the tissues turn over etc cetera, etc cetera. 
Beautiful. Well, you just answered my last question of what you do with people. So we'll put in the show notes how everyone can find you. And we'll put those links. I think you gave me the links to at least one or two of the books. So if not, they're most likely on your website. So we'll put those links in there as well. No, this has been phenomenal. And I know, you know, this, if, if you're a newbie thyroid patient, go back and re-listen because this is not super, super advanced. I mean, it's definitely going to hit the more advanced, like I told you in the beginning, the the patient advocates that have studied the, a, a little bit themselves and they know a thing or two. So this is going to really speak to them. But even for the newbies, go back and listen because there's gems in there that you really need to understand along your health journey in order to properly get better. And I just, I thank you so much for your time today because this has been fantastic. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Dr. Amy. I, I, again, like I said at the very beginning, I love nerding out. Uh, and uh, no, we'll have you, you back know, on. Thank you. Yeah, just just let me know. And and like, uh, you know, what what you're doing right now is so needed just to scale out content to to people that to just empower them with knowledge like this. And what you're doing is so valuable. And being able to educate with multiple different perspectives around a similar topic. Yeah, that creates such it it can create not just hope, but it can create a movement. And I really thank you for for doing what you're doing because you know having been in the the broadcasting space, there's a lot that goes into this, and I just from one one broadcaster to another, I I, I understand deeply how much work goes into this, and thank you for doing this. Well, I thank you for that compliment too, and thank you for everything that you're doing. I think just you know as as all the functional medicine practitioners band band together. I think we can eventually overtake the allopathic sick medicine world. So that's the goal. That's yeah, the goal. Uh, well, so. they can have the emergency care part. That's I'm, no problem with that. 100%. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Absolutely. So we'll be in our yep. little sandbox and play it. Yep, absolutely. So thank you, Dr. Sam. We will definitely have you back on. Thank you so much. See you later.